Hi, this is Sam Fox. And this is Ace Thorpe. From the film Wowzers. And this is Inside Your Head. And I never asked to grow up, so please don't make me do it. I wasn't meant to grow up, don't think I'll make it through it. Things have been going south since I hit puberty. It looks like growing up is just too much for me. Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Dasty Neal, and I'm joined by James Gall- Gallander, sorry, of Bride of Chucky, and currently of Project Ithaca. Very cool to have you here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Neil. Did I pronounce the name right? I should have asked that beforehand. Yes, you did. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Gallanders. Although, uh, although I learned, I think I've actually been pronouncing it wrong most of my life. If you talk to my relatives over in Scotland. Okay, that's interesting that people do pronounce their own names wrong. Yeah, I know, it's pretty funny. Yeah, but this is not a podcast about the pronunciation of last names. No, it's not. Sorry, sorry, if that's why you turned in. (laughs) uh, I'm sure there's one out there. But uh, for Project Ithaca, for people not aware yet, uh, can you give them an idea of what it is about? Sure. Uh, well, I guess the elevator pitch is uh, it's six strangers wake up on a spaceship and uh, they've got to confront their fears and their past and uh, they have to figure out a way to get home. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because it's, a, it's um, I mean, there is uh, uh, action stuff, but it is a dialogue heavy uh, science fiction movie. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know, that was one of the challenges. Um, you know, when I read the script, I thought, holy cow, this is cool. But what a challenge. You've got six actors who are essentially tied down um, uh, for, you know, essentially the entire film. So that so I, was for sure a, a part of the appeal. Yeah. So those uh, six, since you mentioned, really is basically the six of you. Um, you know, there's some other actors for different scenes, but um, so did you feel like there was a good chemistry with everyone involved? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in particular, um, you know, the scenes with young Sarah, um, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's such a sweetheart and she's such a talented young actress. Um, you know, I felt, uh, I felt a lot of chemistry with her in those scenes. Those are probably some of my favorite ones, especially because, you know, our characters are sort of coming from a similar sort of place we're both coming from a place of loss we're both very solitary figures um and uh my character he suffered a a tremendous loss in the past for which he carries a lot of guilt and now he's developed a relationship with this young girl he sort of sees himself as um uh, as a father to her and and he wants nothing more than you know to protect her but uh he sort of has to put all that aside because uh we have, we need to figure out how the, how the heck to get off that ship. Mm. Yeah. And she's great in it, which, um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, since it's a young act, actor, uh, you know, if, if, if they're not up to the part, you know, it could, it could really, you know, take away from the movie, but she, she does a great job. Yeah, absolutely. She's great. She's a rising star. Just like, uh, just like we knew she would be Taylor Thorne. She's also on Northern, uh, rescue. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. So, uh, so how did you get involved in Project Ithaca? Well, it started out, um, I just got asked to do a self-tape audition. Um, so all I had were the sides, and uh, my wife and I put it on tape. And then uh, a short time later, I got a call saying, um, 
they wanted to meet me and uh, to have me do a callback. So that's when they sent me the script. And that's when I really got hooked because not only, you know, did I find the whole sci-fi element very appealing because I'm a fan of the genre, but uh, the character that Anthony Artabello, the writer that he had uh, created was just so, uh, so layered and so complex and so appealing as an actor that on the night before the callback, I was reading it and having one of those rare moments where I was like, man, I have to play this part. So, uh, but then I thought, well, I got to get ready for the callback. Um, so I was, I was pretty excited about it. And, um, you know, Anthony and I have since become good friends and he told me an anecdote not long ago. He said, dude, when you walked in the room, just, you know, your energy and the way you carried yourself, I thought, okay, okay, this is promising. And then he said, the moment you looked me in the eye and you shook my hand, he said, I knew we had our job. Um, and I hadn't even done a callback yet. So I thought that was, that was kind of a neat story, but yeah. But yeah, the callback went well. And then, you know, when they asked me to play the part, I was thrilled. I was like, I can't pass this up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you had mentioned, uh, basically our characters are tied down. So, um, was, was that, uh, when you're going into the movie, you're thinking like, how, how do I make this uh, performance interesting? Since really it's not only just dialogue, but like your face, there's not a lot for of sure. No, for sure. I mean, you know, like, as I said, that was part of the appeal. Cause you're tied down, you have nowhere to hide. You can't just sort of mumble and, you know, turn and walk away or, you know, make the scene interesting by, you know, changing up the blocking. You're, it's just you. Um, and so, you know, the trap that you want to avoid is just having, you know, a bunch of talking heads. So you have to make sure that your backstory is solid and that, you know, you're present and that you're in the moment and, you know, you're going after your objectives and, uh, so that, yeah, that was, uh, that was for sure, for sure a challenge. But I, and you know, the thing that I was afraid of too, is that I've seen other films, especially in the sci-fi genre where people are essentially trapped for, you know, the entirety or, you know, the majority of the film. And so part of the challenge too, was, you know, trying to modulate the levels of anxiety and panic, because I've seen films where people are essentially, they're panicking for the whole movie. And I right. thought it must've been exhausting for the actors because I found it really exhausting to watch and you know, each of our characters, we deal with the abduction in different ways. Some of us deal with it a little better than others. Uh, but I think everyone did a really good job of, you know, trying to find their spot and sort of, you know, modulating within that. Um, so that was for sure a challenge also for me, not, not getting too caught up in that panic or in, you know, the panic of, you know, other characters, but, you know, just, I had to figure out a way to get off that ship and that was my mission. And, uh, but yeah, there are all kinds of really interesting challenges, especially because we spent the first two weeks we were tied up and covered in goo. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, a couple of things there. That's interesting because I never thought of it, uh, that way. Cause if, if you're like on panic level, uh, to the nth degree, the whole movie, then, then it, there is no panic level. It's just all, it's all one level and you get tired of it. And, uh, exactly. Exactly. You've got it. And you know, that was part of what I found really appealing about the script too, is that, um, you know, how it's written really allows the characters and the story to breathe, you know, so it's not all, you know, action, action all the time and people freaking out. One of the, yeah. one of the, one of the actors had a funny line where he said on a scale of one to Winona Ryder, how, <laughs> freaked out am i right now um that you know sort of became one of the favorite lines 
Yeah. Because you really sort of need to know, you know, am I freaking out here or is this just sort of, you know, a little bit freaked out? <laughs> right. And it's and your character actually incorporates that in the in the movie, which makes it part of the movie. You know, he's mm-hmm. trying to calm people down. So it, it exactly. makes sense within the movie too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh you know, um you mentioned you're a fan of the genre, the science fiction genre. And I think uh, mm-hmm. it used to be well, not for always, but uh, maybe 20 years ago, most of the science fiction came out was like people like shooting aliens and stuff. But uh, it seems like more uh, thought-provoking uh, science fiction has made a comeback uh, lately with like the New Twilight Zone and, and uh, Black Mirror. And, uh, yeah, we love Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, we love Black Mirror. Um, and yeah, you know, actually, like again, I was talking uh, to Anthony Odebello, the writer, he said this entire film was born out of uh, was born out of um, it was John Carpenter's The Thing, the blood test scene where they're all tied down and they're doing the blood test to see, um, you know, yeah, to see which of them has been infected. Um, this entire movie was born out of that one scene, according to Anthony. And so this film, he really wanted it to be sort of a throwback to you know the genre movies of like you know the seventies and eighties. Yeah, that's a that's one of my favorite movies because it uh it has uh, both things go for it the uh the um the monsters are amazing and they're actually very mm-hmm. alien looking they're not just like a guy in a suit and yeah. it's also got great performances so it's like the best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, and just the cheap plug for them. I have nothing to do with them, but uh, I forget the company, but they make a great board game and it's really fun if you play with a lot of people like a convention or a festival. Because part of the game is like you lie because you don't know who who the thing is, and so you try to work with each other and like you can right, right, right. Rent. It's a really yeah. So uh, what uh, besides of the thing? Uh, what are some of your uh, your favorite science fiction stories or movies or TV shows? Well, you know, uh, uh, man, I love The Matrix. Um, you know, I've seen that. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times. I love all the Star Trek shows. You know. Um, uh, you know, all that stuff, all the popular stuff, but I also enjoy exploring, you know, some of the lesser known stuff. Uh, you know, even if, even if, um, you know, they're not incredibly popular, or even if they don't quite manage, you know, to pull off what they set out to do, I just, you know, find the idea so interesting because there's so much that we don't know about outer space and about, you know, our place in the universe and about, you know, intelligent life and, um, so I appreciate anything that's just really trying to take a look at, at that stuff and, uh, you know, trying to provide a fresh perspective, you know, what if this, what if that, um, so even if the films, you know, aren't, aren't truly amazing, there's, you know, some pretty cool ideas that people are playing around with out there, especially now as we get heavier, you know, more and more involved with, you know, artificial intelligence and sort of you know, humans evolving into some sort of hybrid, you know, between, you know, like a biological organism and, you know, some sort of you know, integration with, uh, you know, technology. And I find all of that stuff just truly fascinating. Yeah. This, uh, that reminds me at my grocery store, just, I think two weeks ago, they added a robot that roams around the store and supposedly takes videos of you if you're shoplifting, but no it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's pretty creepy. It kind of reminds me of the robots from Chopping Mall. I don't know if you know the movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Very bizarre. That's nuts. 
Yeah. So do you believe in aliens? Well, um, I think there's life out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's a very high, um, likelihood, you know, that there is intelligent life or that there has been, I mean, you know, our, our concept of time is so minuscule. I think there has to have been, um, you know, I think it was interesting. It was just on the news last night that the Senate was briefed on, you know, all these UFO sightings, and, you know, who knows if they're, if they're man-made or if they're from another galaxy or, but um, yeah, I think there can't not be life out there. And I think there's also very, very high likelihood that there's intelligent life out there. Um, it's also been in the news that um, that rock that flew by, that's the first interstellar, um, you know, the first interstellar object that's ever been observed. And we just missed it. We didn't get a picture of it. But, you know, I find it's um, really interesting all the speculation about what that could have been and but uh, yeah i think there's life out there for sure yeah and uh, the aliens themselves in, in project ethica like i mentioned with the thing they're not uh they take you know they could take different forms but uh mm-hmm. but they're not uh humanoids which which i also like in in movies yeah because yeah because you would think if there is life somewhere else it's not going to just be you know like us exactly yeah i don't think so either yeah. So when you saw the the finished movie with uh, you know all the effects added and the score and how it's, the whole movie's edited together, uh, what did you think? I thought it was pretty cool, man. I uh, you know as I said, Anthony and I became uh, really good friends over the course of the process. So I got to, you know to have a little sneak peek here and there. He would send me a shot or two of uh, you know the bags over the head or the laser in the eye or the spaceship or the wormhole. So I got. To, I got to see little bits, but then when you see it all, you know, put together, especially with the music, the score is fantastic. And, uh, I think it's really cool. I think, uh, you know, people who are fans of the genre are going to like it. Um, you know, it's not a big box movie. It's not, you know, like a tent pole movie. It's not a big, big Hollywood movie. Like I said, it's more of a throwback, but, um, yeah, once they put all the elements together, uh, you know, I was really impressed. Uh, what's that like as an actor, you know, waiting to see that? And then when you see that, cause, uh, I would assume, you know, editing and stuff can really shape the movie, you know, to, oh, uh, for sure. good or bad. Absolutely. You're totally at their mercy. Um, that's the hard part, man. That's the hard part is the waiting. Cause, cause you do it. And then, you know, you have a certain idea in mind as to what it's going to turn out to be. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they have to make some decisions in post that, uh, you know, sometimes the story can change a bit and, you know, that happened in this instance as well. You know, they really made this movie in post and, and, uh, but, you know, I really like, you know, some of them were just out of necessity, not, not purely artistic. And, uh, but I really, really like what they did with it. You know, they changed the opening, they changed the ending. Um, but yeah, that's the hard part, man, is just the waiting and the waiting, the waiting. And then, I would get to see a little bit here and a little bit there. Um, and now, you know, now it's taken on, it's taken on a life of its own. The genie's out of the bottle. And now we're just, uh, hoping if we get the numbers, if we get the eyeballs and, uh, if there's enough interest, I think it sets itself up really nicely for a sequel. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, uh, time like that. We don't necessarily have a, a grasp on what, you know, what time is, and so the movie is uh, not as nonlinear 
Uh, mm-hmm. And you kind of, so what's that, I guess, like to play uh, your one character, but kind of two different versions of that character. You did two different times. Yeah. Yeah, that was part of the challenge for sure, because I aged sort of back and forth over the course of the film. I mean, part of it, you know, for me, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but, you know, for me as an actor, this was this um, was a period piece because my character is from 1969. Um, so there was that whole element that I had to prepare for. You know, this is a man who's lived through two world wars. He's seen the Depression. He's, um, you know, he's lived he's lived a lot of life. And uh, so as an actor, there was that challenge. But then also, you know, the other challenge is, you know, on one day you're playing yourself when uh, you're 20 years younger. And then the next day you're, you know, you're playing yourself when you've, you know, almost had like half a lifetime's more, more worth of experience. So, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, from a continuity perspective, you know, that can be really tricky, but, you know, hair, makeup and wardrobe also help. Um, uh, and they did a heck of a job too. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, what was the goop made out of? That's a good question. Goo, the black goo. What was it made out of? I don't know. I should know that. I got yeah. a picture of a, like a five-gallon pail <laughs> of goo, and I thought, you know you're in trouble when, uh, when the makeup department has a five-gallon pail of goo. <laughs> uh-huh. Did it come off easy? It did come off. Yeah, not bad, not bad. It was always on the clothing, so at the beginning of every day, you're actually changing into these clothes that are covered in goo. And then, you know, they cover your, you know, your body and your face and, you know, your arms with this stuff. And then they cover the tentacles with the goo. So uh, a lot of showers, a lot of showers at the end of the day in hair and makeup. Did you, uh, did you get to make it to any of the, um, the screenings, the, the theatrical screenings? Um, I made it to the Toronto one, but the screening, um, it didn't happen. Unfortunately, oh. it was supposed to happen on, uh, what was it? Monday night. So we got the babysitter and, uh, you know, we drove into the city, we made it there. No, uh, uh, no problem at all. It was the day of, uh, the Raptors parade and it was running w- way behind. So I was watching the parade from home and going, Oh, they're really, it's really, really late. It's really late. I need everyone to get out of here. Cause I got my screening tonight, but it worked out great. We made it there in time. And then, um, we walked up to the door and uh, there was a large man there and he said, sorry, it's all locked down. There had been a stabbing or something. Oh, wow. So we thought, okay, well, you know, we're really early. So we're just going to go and have a bite to eat. I'm sure it'll be open, you know, by the time we're back, like an hour and a half later, but an hour and a half later, we got word that no, no one was allowed in the building. So I didn't get to see the screening. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. So I don't, I guess yeah. I can ask you what it was like to watch it tonight. <laughs> no, I have no idea what it would have been like <laughs> after yeah. all the buildup and all the waiting. And we didn't get to see the screening. They had other ones. They had, I think they had one in Ottawa last night and mm-hmm. they had, uh, you know, Calgary one the other night. And on the same night as, uh, the Toronto one, they had it in Vancouver, but, uh, I guess I'm not going to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But, uh, I was in Toronto last year for the first time. Oh, you were? Yeah. And I don't want to insult Toronto, but the, the thing I remember is that it, every place reeked of, uh, of, of pot. Because oh, well, it was, it was if just you thought it did. 
Yeah. Dude, if you thought it reeked of pot last year, you, you should come and pay a visit now. Holy <laughs> right. cow. Everywhere. Yeah. It's legal, man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, even in the brief time that we were downtown, I, I was like, I think it's really cool that it's yeah, legal. But, it. man, yeah. I don't know if I want to smell it everywhere I go. You know? Yeah, it was even in, it was even in the hotel, and it's like it's a non-smoking hotel. Wow. Uh, and I'm fine. I'm f- totally fine with people doing whatever. But yeah, I don't want to smell it anywhere. I'm not a big. Yeah, fan. yeah. Especially if you got kids, right? I mean. Right. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, it's tricky because it's pungent. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember all the signs because when you're leaving Toronto at that time, I think it's illegal everywhere in Canada. But at the time was just Toronto, and so every every sign was like you're ten miles away to get rid of you know. You can't bring cannabis uh, <laughs> But I guess right. there's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you know if there's uh So, we'll go on a video on demand in July. Yeah. Yeah, on the 9th, it'll be available uh, in Canada on iTunes. It's currently available on iTunes in the U.S. And then I think after a couple months or so, it'll probably come out on either Amazon Prime or Netflix or something like that. Yeah. So how important, how, well, actually, how does that change the, um, the life of an actor since, since like the rise of video and demand and, uh, you know, the streaming sites, you know, Shutter, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Yeah, there's so much. There's yeah. so much, man. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, that's great. It's a good thing. There's so much out there. I mean, it's possible to be a working actor and have nobody know who you are. I mean, I, I know, uh, you know, I know some actors who are, you know, some pretty big names. And if they walk down the street, then, then, you know, certainly they're, you know, people know who they are. But I also know a ton of actors who work a ton, have made tons of money, and nobody really knows who they are just because there's so much out there. It's impossible to keep up. It's not yeah. not like when I was a kid and we had like 11 channels and, uh, you know, <laughs> right. you just watched whatever was on. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, there's ABC, NBC, and CBS, and that was about it. Um but nowadays, so, I mean, it's great because there's so much out there. There's so much work. Um, and, yeah, it's possible to, you know, to be a working actor and still maintain a level of an, of anonymity as well. That's interesting. I thought about this the other day was, like, when I grew up, uh, like, I would, I, I've seen movies I don't even like multiple times because they were, because, like you said, just you'd watch whatever was on. And now, yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff I've actually wanted to see, and you don't get a chance to just because there there is so much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And, and you know, there's even some films, yeah, that you know, I'm not, you know, that I wasn't over the moon about. That I was like, ah, it's too bad. It, you know, it fell short in this area or that area. But the ideas were so cool that I'm like, I would watch that again just because, yeah. you know, I found, you know, I found the concept so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's harder to do now. So it's interesting, though, because I, uh, there's more opportunities, but then it's also, I guess, harder to stand out. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Unless you're on one of those big, big network shows, you know, that's seen all around the world. Um, but, you know, I don't mind that. You know, I don't mind, yeah. um, you know, being able to, you know, to walk my kids to school and, you know, to go, you know, to birthday parties or the mall and, you know, not you know, have people going, Oh my God, you're on that show. I mean, my wife is a bit of a celebrity. She was on the Degrassi show as, as a child okay. and then all, all of her life. And so we go to the Oshawa mall or something or, um, and everybody recognizes her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's funny cause she hasn't acted in like, you know, maybe 20 years, 25 years or something like that. But if we're out together, it's always her that gets recognized. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about a uh, bride of Chucky since uh, the new child's play is out. Um, 
Were you a fan of uh, of the Child's Play movies, or, or since you, I know you like science fiction, do you like horror movies? Yeah, you know, I I was never really I was never really into horror, and it's funny that you ask about that because I think I was right out of acting school, maybe like a year or two out of acting school, when uh, when that opportunity came along. I remember my agent at the time calling me and saying, "Sweetie, how would you like to be in a movie called The Bride of Chucky?" and uh, I just said, I have to have that on my resume. That is hilarious. I have to do that. So I said, yeah, I want to go in for that, man. We did the audition and I think I did a callback and then another callback and then another callback. And I was like, what is going on? I, 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 I didn't really know anything about the child's play movies. I had heard of it, but I think I had been in uh, university. I, you know, I was busy pretending to be a tree for, you know, several years um, in the acting program. And, um, so when I got it, I just thought it was going to be this quaint little, you know, kind of kitschy horror movie. Um, and then I got on set and I was like, they have a lot of money. <laughs> um, and we spent like all day in makeup getting those, you know, the shards of mirror put mm-hmm. onto us. So, um, and they had little kids in the Chucky dolls and, you know, making sure that the kids, you know, didn't have any access to mirrors because then, you know, they'd be horrified if they saw what they looked like. Um, so it was really interesting. Uh, it was really, really cool experience. And, um, you know, especially now in hindsight, cause I had no idea that it was such a big deal and there was so much money involved and it was such a big franchise. And now it's sort of, you know, become a thing that I'm like known as, you know, the guy from, you know, the bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of, I was so green. I, I didn't know much about it at all. Yeah. That was the one that kind of brought the franchise back. Cause like the the two previous the first one was big the two previous sequels were whatever but the then Bride of Chucky was um, a really uh, unique take on it and it was it's my favorite uh, that the original one uh, so yeah. I know a lot of horror fans don't uh, well some horror fans love it some horror fans don't because it's more it's a lot of comedy in it but uh, right I I think it's great yeah I know it was a great experience I yeah I had a blast was Brad Dorf on set you know the voice of Chucky or is is he not? I, they, I, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I didn't see Jennifer Tilly. Um, you know, I got to meet the two, you know, the two leads, of course, because we had scenes with them. Um, you know, and I got a Polaroid back when they had those of, you know, me and the Chucky doll that I've got hanging in my basement. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that was it. I don't remember. I'm sh- I, I remember I was at the read through, but I don't remember who was there. It was such a long time ago. Yeah. So, uh, what were some of the stuff you watched that made you want to become an actor? Uh, I watched a lot of TV as a kid. Uh, you know, my parents, they split up when I was, I don't know, around two or four, maybe something like that. And I had two sisters at the time. And so, you know, I was plopped down in front of the TV a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, some of my favorite shows were, like happy days and you know ultimately i got to work with mr c which was really cool uh i loved mash you know that was uh that was really a big one um and uh it's funny because you know at a young age i don't think i would have expected that that um you know i'd become an actor because i had a speech impediment a stutter i still do have a stutter uh but i've just you know managed to come up with all kinds of coping mechanisms you know to deal with it but um, it was, I had to give a speech in grade six and, um, you know, the teachers knew not to ask me to read aloud in class. Cause if, 
if they did, I would try and I'd end up having to run out of the room sobbing because I just couldn't do it. Um, and so in grade six, I had to give a speech and I, you know, I sort of hung around after class and I said, um, that's not happening. And, uh, my teacher at the time told me that if I picked a subject that I could get really excited about, that maybe I would be okay. So I did. And, um, I did the speech and I actually won. So then I had to compete for my school and then I won there. And then I won for my school every year after that. And then I started competing all over Ontario. Then the drama teacher at my public school said, you should be in my play. So I started doing plays and, and then uh, I joined a community troupe and then I continued to do it in high school. And, uh, and then ultimately I went to York university and the acting program there. And, uh, that sort of all happened. So, you know, there was all kinds of influences, you know, from shows as a kid, like I think mash especially was, was a really big one for me, but that's sort of, you know, my story of how I got into acting. Interesting. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, happy days. Uh, it seems like, uh, with all the stuff, uh, I mentioned, you know, all these sites, but there's not, uh, sitcoms kind of don't seem to be a really a big thing anymore. I know it's so true, huh? I mean, there's not a sitcom on that my wife and I watch. And that was such a huge part of our lives when we were growing up. There was, you know, that's what you did. Like you raced home from school to see, you know, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and all those shows. Mm -hmm. But it's true. Like you don't, and you know, nowadays how people are consuming their, you know, all their content is totally different now too. Because the, mm -hmm. they're able, you know, to binge watch everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because almost all shows, too, are um, a, a long storyline as opposed to where it's a show you could just watch an episode out of place and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it is cool, though, to be able to binge watch stuff. I, can, I mean, I watch I love that. that I would have uh, never, you know, seen otherwise. Yeah, no, I love that. I love how, especially, you know, we've got two young kids, and so, you know, our time, you know, our free time is very... Uh, uh, means a lot to us. We don't have a ton of it. So, um, yeah, when we have the opportunity and you can watch a whole bunch of episodes of one show in a row, it's great. We love it. Yeah. yeah. And I do think the last 20 years or so, it's been uh, like a golden age of uh, TV series. Been a lot of oh, great for stuff. Sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's tons of great stuff out there. I can't keep up with it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but the good thing, like you said, you can go back and, and eventually yeah. watch. Yeah. So, Project Ithaca, I really dug it. And uh, it's right on, on uh, it's on video demand here in the states, and, and July 9th it'll be out in uh, in Canada. And uh, um, where can you follow Project Ethica? Um, I, there's a, there's an Instagram account, I believe. There's uh, they've got uh, the Facebook page as well. Um, and then I think they're also going to be making up. Uh, I think they said that they're going to be making up a website pretty soon. I just did an interview the other day for that, so. You can keep your eyes peeled for that as well. And how about yourself? Are you on social media? Yep. It's James underscore. And then my last name, that's my, ins uh, that's my Instagram account. And I've also got, uh, my Facebook, uh, my Facebook account where I put, you know, updates and that kind of stuff. All right, very cool. And since you mentioned Anthony a few times, uh, uh, the writer, uh, any plans to work with him again? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. We are going to work together. He's got some ideas, uh, so I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but uh, right, he's got sure. some ideas for, he's got some ideas that are out, you know, that, you know, the ball is already rolling on. They've got a couple other film projects. 
Um, and then ultimately, like I said, I'm hoping uh, because this was originally meant to be the first in a trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, we're hoping that we get the eyeballs and the numbers that, uh, you know, within the next year, we'll be shooting a sequel. Oh, that's very cool. So yeah. That's exciting. Did you, did you, uh, you don't have to give him, give it away, obviously, but did you talk with him about uh, the ideas for the, the trilogy? Like where it goes from? Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. He, he actually sent me a note about a week or so ago, uh, like of the opening. And I was like, oh, dude, you've got to write it. Man, we've got to do this. It's so cool. The opening for the sequel is incredible. I love it. I'm so, I'm so stoked. All right. Well, yeah. I appreciate you uh, talking to me. It was a good time. It was my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day. Okay, cheers. You too. Bye. Bye. All my high school friends are off in college now. And I get high and watch TV all day. Living in my mother's basement's really not that bad. I got everything I need and I don't pay. And playing ball Then came my school classes That I couldn't understand And girls who wouldn't notice me at all But I never asked to grow up So please don't make me do it I wasn't meant to grow up Don't think I'll make it through it Things have been going south since I But I say not now No, not right now When I say I need to get alive